criminal law as a mainstay of books and TV shows, thank John Mortimer's Rumpole of the Bailey, through to LA Law and Boston Legal. But first-time novelist Les Allen's drawing on his decades working in legal firms where private clients and businesses make up the bulk of the cases. If that's what it takes is set in the early 1980s, it features an unlikely pairing. Jim, a small-town, decent Northland lawyer, and Sean, an unlicensed private investigator who's not afraid to get his hands dirty when an unscrupulous businessman causes chaos. Duncan Smith reads from the novel, where we find out about Sean's backstory. Sean was ready to board the aircraft, dressed in T-shirt, jeans and black leather jacket, with a bulky overnight bag slung over his shoulder. His eyes adjusted gradually to the semi-darkness, and he could barely make out a small red light in the corner of the aircraft hangar. He stood to attention as the tall frame of Major Steele emerged from the darkness with a cigarette in his hand. The glowing tip was the only source of light visible. "'Don't bother!' the Major said. Regulations only require serving members of the armed forces to stand to attention when an officer enters the room. I was still serving this morning, Sean said. That was this morning, the Major continued. But the man who defied orders from his superior officers, the man who set back the peace process by twenty years, the man who launched a thousand riots throughout Northern Ireland, it wasn't me who launched, you might as well have, the Major interrupted angrily. Some people see you as a hero, some see you as a coward, and it's no secret that the IRA would like to hang you. They'll have to find me first. They're trying, believe me. So, that's it then, Sean said with tears welling unseen in the darkness. Twelve years' service, and now they're sending me to the other side of the world. I'll probably never see the lads again. Better 12,000 miles away than an army court-martial or hanging by the IRA? The brass want to send you to a place where the streets have no name. The Major held out his hand. Sean reached inside the pocket of his jacket, hesitated, and handed over his SAS badge, the famous winged dagger. Where are they sending me? I'm not allowed to say... I just hope you like sheep and rugby. Liz, before we launch into the story, I really enjoyed your author's note, actually, saying that in law, and you've worked in law for such a long time now, you see the best and the worst of human nature. I suspect this has been a great background for a writer, this period of observation. Well, you're seeing people normally at the most stressful times in their lives. The thing, of course, about law is that if you look at uh, television or, or movies, it's all about court work. In fact, you would think everybody, every lawyer in the country is doing murder trials and so on. In actual fact, very few lawyers do court work in New Zealand. Most of those do civil work where people are suing each other, not criminal work where people are being prosecuted. And even those court lawyers are either not in court as much as they would like to. So I was trying to show a different side to it, the side people don't see behind the scenes. This courtroom drama is in this, in this book as well, of course. But there's also quite a lot going on beside that as well. And you said it in the 1980s, the early 1980s, there's Salwyn too good and it's in the bag that took me right oh, back right. to the, to the 80s. Why set it in that, in that period of time? Well, I, I started work in, in 1978 in a law firm and then worked in the 80s and I was in, in working around the largest law firms in New Zealand for five years in the 1980s. So I saw a lot of situations there and in my current job as well. So I was 
I wasn't a partner, you know, I was kind of leaning my ranks, if you like. So it just struck me as a kind of nostalgic look at things that I'd forgotten about. So and so good, many other things that came back to me as I wrote the book, if you like. I thought it gave an interesting aspect. Well, let's talk about your law firm in the book. And you, and you have all the provisos that I would expect in a book of fiction, you know, that these are made-up characters. Uh, but what about the, the law firm? You've set it in Northland, a part of the country uh, I know that you love. Uh, but what can you tell me particularly about Jim, uh, who one of his friends says you're one of the most effective lawyers in Northland and you should be acting for the richest clients in the region? But that's not what he does. No, he's very idealistic, if you like. He'll help anybody all the time. A whole range of people from old ladies with problems or to large companies, large high businessmen, those sort of people. So he's very capable, doesn't put the money first, um, and that doesn't really work to his advantage. He's got too many, too much work on in the first place, and uh, he's really stretched the entire time. But there are plenty of lawyers out there like that. Now, into Jim's life and practice comes an unlicensed, I think, private investigator. Uh, and Sean McBride has quite the backstory, and we start with it, so we're not ruining things for listeners. He's he's living in New Zealand. Uh, he hasn't gone there willingly. He's got a false identity. What's his story? Because the story behind a private investigator tends to be a, a big story within itself. Well, he's very much ex-military, if you like, from overseas country, won't, won't say where. Um, so he's he's kind of coping, if you like, as best he can in this country as well. And he, he has no income either and no, no real footprint either, which is quite rare in those times. So he's kind of helping out Jim in many ways as well. Just thinking with the dynamics, you've got um, Jim Mansell, you know, small town lawyer, very honest, very committed to his community. And then Sean Burston, as we've said before, he has had a different life. Uh, and he's ex-military, he, he, can, he can play hardball as well. They're very different. Yes, they're, they're very much, I mean, Jim does everything by the book, if you like, and Sean obviously doesn't. Well, so obviously, often he doesn't. He'll do something different or take a lateral move. The same, same applies to Kelly, who's a legal secretary and working for Jim as well. They'll often take quite a different approach, and that actually works to Jim's advantage because he's very constrained by the law. So you must have put a lot of thought into Sean and his character, his his traits, uh, and what drives him. I did. I did a lot of research into the, the background, if you like, overseas of Sean. Uh, read a lot of books, look at YouTube videos about some very intense situations as well, all of which are described in the, in the opening part of the book. Um, and I've got a friend who's a private investigator as well, and he was very helpful in, in showing the sort of situations they deal with they're very resourceful people normally too. They have a quite a different approach. Nowhere near as constrained as lawyers. They're much more resourceful in everything they do. As you say, you've worked in the law and you've thought, I'm sure, along uh, along the way, gosh, that would be a great story. This would be a great story. That's a great character. But you've got to be careful <laughs> as well. So how much of this is pure fiction and how much of this is somehow connected to events that you've experienced? The start, if you like, the first chapter of Seed Overseas, that, that's based on a historical event, um, very close to a historical event, and that comes up later in the book as well. 95% of the book is set in New Zealand, and most of the situations set out in New Zealand are real, real ones I've been involved in, not all, but most of them have been. And a lot of the conversations in the law firm are real as well. Some of the discussions with clients, some quite bizarre, are real ones that have happened as well. So my, my legal career, if you like, has informed a lot of the, the book. 
nothing like uh, unscrupulous behaviour in the business industry. I think you describe it here in the publicity as the David and Goliath battle. What can you tell us about what Jim and Sean are up against? Well, they're up against a very difficult client to begin with, Francis Cheney. Then they're up against uh, Jim's nemesis, Ivan Frenich. He's a wealthy businessman. And the trouble about Frenich, he's, he's represented by mega law firms, a mega law firm with far more resources than Jim has, which is often the problem. So you do, do find you've got a tiny firm, a four-person firm in, in Wangarei, if you like, up against a massive law firm in Auckland. And these things, these things do happen. So it's a whole series of problems, major problems, that um, which Jim has to battle for survival, along with Sean. What do you love about the law? Because it shines through in, in the book. It's a fascinating field. Oh, I see. I think it's the um, the number of people you meet. Some people are friends before you act, act for them as lawyers. Others become friends after a few years as well. And there's something fascinating about helping people through really difficult problems. You kind of to kind of get a problem and solve it and help them out and have them less stressed is something of real value. How big a change is it? Because I'm thinking about the law and how precise and all the the jargon, the legalese that goes into your profession. You know, the way you write documents has to be particular. Has this been a kind of release for you, Les, being able to write fiction? I think that's really very well put. It's been um a bit of a, a frustrated writer in my life, probably. But you, you are constrained normally by what you can say and how you say it and the tone of what you do. And, and obviously anything in law is, is non-fiction you're doing. So it was probably cathartic, if you like, to do something where I can I can make my own world. I can, sure, I can inform it by situations I've been involved in. But I, I, can, I can create fiction. I can create a world. See, that's conversations, what people should have said or did say. It was a very helpful thing to do from my point of view. Were there any writers that you have particularly enjoyed? I mean, that is really the main homework for uh, for a new writer, is being a really avid reader. So, I mean, you know, I can think a lot of, of kind of legal thrillers um, written over the years, but what are the genres that you've enjoyed reading? I, I tend to enjoy quite intense books, Kite Runner, those sort of books, uh, Chris Cleave's book, um, The Other Hand also called Little B, those sort of books I'm very impressed, got a lot of emotion, you've got very strong characters, uh, you've got, probably got humour in there as well at times, but you've also got some very intense situa- situations as well, and the very impacting books. So those are the kind of writers that I, I tend to gravitate towards. If that's what it takes by Les Allen is self-published.